Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film Podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into my 2019 statistics in today's statistics episode. We read the wind and the sky when the sun is high. We sail the length of the seas on the ocean breeze. At night we name every star. We know where we are. We know who we are, who we are. This is... I don't know. It's one of my favorite episodes to do. And uh, it's just statistics. It's whatever I can find, whatever I can think of uh, from 2019, the year. Uh, I watched, you know, all the movies that I watched within that year. And um, I don't know. I, I, I enjoy the stats, right? Like a lot of my episodes are statistics episodes. And, and I enjoy putting movies giving movies these numerical ratings i enjoy looking at the at the value of of how that ultimately impacts um you know my my movie watching habits and and what i like and and the the actors the directors the writers the genres uh you know how i agree and disagree with uh awards bodies and uh you know countries that uh, you know the foreign language films the animated films all this stuff long short uh and just kind of seeing how everything stacks up against everything else you know it's i i think it can be a little simple to attribute any kind of numerical rating to a film whether that's out of five stars out of 10 out of 100 a letter grade uh, you know any any kind of rating uh, even thumbs up thumbs down is reducing a film to to far less than what it actually is but you know you can't as exciting as it might be and and as fun as it might be to always to be able to talk about films and and dive into the minutiae and and compare themes of one movie against another and and so on and so forth you can't you just when you watch as many movies as I do, you just you just do not have the time to do that. You cannot possibly, you know, spend, you know, the 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 letterboxed review I wrote for Rise of Skywalker is, you know, it's very long. It's one of the longest reviews I've written uh, for a film on Letterboxd. And if I put that amount of time into my re- my written reviews for every single movie I watched. You know, like where does where do what I do? What do I do? How do I, how do I find the time to do anything else after that? It, it it's you know it's inconceivable. And so, you know, being able to say, well, I can't go into all this detail. I can't explain every single frame and shot of this movie uh, as much as I wish I could, but I can give you you know, a number, I can say, I gave this movie a 68. And if you're familiar with how I rate things, you know, and I I would assume you would be if you care about the number at all, uh, then you can understand, you know, you can kind of move on from there and figure out, okay, well, you know, he liked it a little bit, you know, did he like it? He thinks it's a good movie. You know, did he add a, you know, dehearted on Letterboxd or not like that, you know, has that's its own metric. But you know, you get you get the system. You get the, there's a system involved. There's a pattern in place, and um, 
I've been working so hard, uh, so so tirelessly to try to uniformly adjust all my ratings, you know, and try to make it so they do line up. So so if you see, uh, you know, three hundred, you know, two two hundred movies that all have the same exact rating, you know, you can infer that I feel very similarly uh, from a quality standpoint about all of those movies, and. That's the goal, uh, for the most part. That is the goal. Um, so, yeah, that's um, that that's you know that's just how I, I think of it. That's what I'm I'm trying to do. So, I've got a couple of different ways to approach 2019 from a statistical point of view. We've got Letterboxd's um, year in review stats, and um, I've got my own spreadsheet. And we're going to kind of look at both of those and see how they, you know, see how things shook out in the year of 2019. So I'm going to start with my spreadsheet. Within the year of 2019, I saw a lot of movies, a lot of them. Uh, I saw 1,277 unique films in the year of 2019. Uh, 301 of those were 2019 releases uh, as per Letterboxd standard. The, uh, so the, and now the following stats will be strictly relegated to films released in 2019 that I saw in 2019. Uh, or no, just released in 2019, which presumably I saw in 2019 because none of the films that I've seen since the new year uh, are factored in. Average rating, 42.97. That is the lowest uh, average rating uh, for a year since... Uh, like the 40s you know there isn't a single year where I've seen 50 films or more with a lower score lower average rating than this year and I've said it in some places I don't know if I've necessarily said it on the podcast that often but this is a pretty weak year to me Uh, I think there's some strong stuff at the top but even there I think you know some of the best films of this year would fall a little short compared to previous years and uh you know looking at last year the average rating of everything was 46.22 more than three points higher across the board and when you're dealing with 300 400 films that's a su- substantial gap uh 2017 it was 48.59 2016 it was 49.63 2015 it was 51.05 um so you know there's a little bit of a trend of it going down and and I don't know how much of that is my own personal taste and, and the way I look at films and, and how I've changed my view on what's good and what's not good, uh, or if it's more the entirety of, of cinema and whether cinema has dec- you know is trending downward if, if movies are just getting worse, because you know you look at when I look at the average Rotten Tomatoes score. And obviously that has its own biases built in and has its own issues. But the last four years, uh, this year it was 65.21 across all films. Last year it was 65.9. year before that, 67.95. year before that, 66.38. It's fairly consistent. Um, and the past five years are all within, you know, two points one way or the other. So, you know, maybe it is. Maybe it's me. Uh, it could be. It could very well be me. And I'm okay with that. You know, as you change, as you grow, as you watch more movies, 
your opinions are going to change. Your your feelings are going to change. Even the movies that you saw years ago, they won't have the same resonance that they do now. Maybe it's more, maybe it's less, but uh, it's all going to... It's not, it's not, there's no stasis in, in art of any kind. And, you know, film is, is no, no exception. Currently, uh, so I adjusted, I used to have my top 300 films as a kind of barometer. Uh, I've adjusted that. And it's no longer top 300, it's top X, where X is the number of films I've given a 90 or more. And um, right now, that number... Because uh, I, I, ideally, I'd want it. I would restrict it to 400, but maybe 500 whenever I get there. But at the present, that lit number is 390 films. Um, so 390 films have received a 90 or more from me, and um, I'm gonna try and see here. just so I have accurate stats as of the moment, uh, exactly how many of those are from 2019. I think it's five or six. Uh, it is five, so there are uh, six, rather. It is six films. Six films from this year currently have a score of 90 or higher for me. Last year it was five. The year before that is nine. And then the five years, is five, six, seven, eight, nine. The nine years prior to 2017 have double-digit films uh, with a 90 or higher. And those numbers are also constantly changing, especially when I go back and I'm doing my Circle of Film Award episodes for these years. I'm, you know, I'm reanalyzing, you know, is this movie worth this high score that I gave it? Do I need to go back and rewatch it? You know, can I change it? Is it, you know, a couple of points off here or there? And looking at the film on its own, it's tough to make that distinction. But when I go through and I'm like putting in, okay, well, would this film be nominated for Best Director? screenplay, actor, supporting, you know, tactile effects, vis uh, visual effects, all those things seen. If a film is very highly rated and somehow misses every single category, that's, you know, that's a red flag to me that I should reevaluate this film. I should probably rewatch it. Maybe I'm forgetting how good it is. Maybe uh, it's not as good as I remembered it being and as I rated it. And and so it's it's helpful going back year by year and, and fleshing out these issues these these in, uh, things and, and my opinion uh, as a whole so currently six films in the top 300 or rather top 90 plus ratings uh, for 2019 could still be more uh, I've definitely got more films to watch for 2019 but as of right now it looking fairly similar uh, to to last year in that regard, which is interesting, you know, I don't feel as though this is as strong as a year as last year, but on the at the top end, I think it is. I think it's fairly similar. Um, you know, last year's top five were Burning, Minding the Gap, Eighth Grade, Black Panther, and Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. None of the like big popular films hit quite as hard as they did last year. You know, when you're looking at the top movies this year I'm, I'm seeing stuff like the farewell and marriage story and parasite and waves and portrait of a lady on fire and knives out and whatnot uh and with the exception of knives out like none of these movies are going to make a hundred million dollars domestically um so you know it's tough to you know it's tough 
Little Women. Little Women might make $100 million domestically. That's another really, really good movie. So, yeah, uh, you know, it, it's ebbs and flows, ebbs and flows. Then, moving on, uh, action films. I've seen 55 action films this year, uh, which currently ranks it seventh of all years. Uh, 2016 currently leads the way with 69 action films. Uh, so, you know, it's right in the ballpark in that regard. Adventure films, 49, tied for fourth with 2010. Uh, 2018 leads the way with 58 adventure films from that year. Animated films, 57 films in 2010 is the leader. This year, I've only seen 38. This is a really weak animation year from a quality standpoint. Uh, the only big one I'm aware of that I still need to see is Weathering With You. It could be amazing. I hope it is. Uh, but just in a, like a general sense, there aren't as many animated films this year, which is crazy. I, I feel like there's just as many animated films, and I don't know how I haven't seen as many uh, as I have in the past couple of years, but that's just where we are. It's uh, 38 is lo the lowest total animated films uh, of any year in the 2010s that I've seen, uh, and even lower and lower than 2008, which had one more. Comedies. Comedies and dramas, generally the biggest uh, genres uh, across the board. And uh, this year, no exception, it's the one of the two genres that broke 100 films for me in 2019. 108 comedies, uh, which ranks it 8th out of all years. 162 comedies from 2017 leads the way by a s substantial margin. Very hefty margin there. Crime films. 27, or no, 30, 30 films from 2019, crime films, uh, 2018 leads the way with 56, so a little bit of a down year for crime, which I guess that's a good thing. Draw Documentaries, only 27 uh, this year, I've got, I'm like halfway through one right now, uh, I know there's a couple of, quite a handful of documentary shorts I still have to watch, and uh, there's a couple of films I've seen since the new year that are documentaries like One Child Nation, Never Surrender, the Galaxy Quest documentary, uh, the Game of Thrones documentary, and, and so on. So a couple more to add to that. Uh, I expect it to get closer to about 40 when all's said and done. But yeah, sl slacking. I'm slacking. Which brings us to drama. Always the highest. Uh, I think almost every year it has the highest quantity once in a while, comedy beats wins out, but you'd have to go back many years for that because once you get into like 300, 400 films, so many of them are just dramas by default. Um, 138 films this year qualified as dramas. Uh, short, over 100 less than the last year, which had 243. Uh, but last year has 170 more movies seen than this year does. Uh, which is fine with me. I don't need to watch as many dramas. I think there's more than enough drama anywhere. Fantasy. Here's interesting. Third most, third highest fantasy count of any year uh, with 45. Number one is 2017 with 55, uh, which is a reasonable uh, milestone to hit. Um, so last year, 2018, currently holds the record in eight different genres. Um, and... 2019 currently only has one record, which we will get to at, at eventually, and uh, it doesn't really seem close to getting any of them. 
to be honest. It's not fantasy is fairly close, just a ten film gap, but a lot of these it's not very much in the conversation, including foreign language films. Eleven. I am very disappointed in how few foreign language films I've seen so far. The problem is so many of them don't get released until it's like awards time. I usually don't see them until January, February, March anyway. So I'm hoping to bump that number up quite a lot. Uh, in addition, you know, um, including the short films and the short documentary films that uh, will be qualifying for the Oscars, some of the foreign language films that are going to be nominated that I still haven't seen yet. Uh, animated films that are in foreign language that I haven't seen yet. Uh, but 11 is really tiny. And two years ago is the record in 2017 with 38. 38 foreign language films, more than three times as many. Last year it was 34. And so that number's got to go up to at least 30 uh, for me to you know feel comfortable. So got some work to do. Got some work to do in the foreign language film department. Horror, 32 horror films. 32 horror films, the record it set in 2010 and 2018, currently at 39. So that's not far off. That one's pretty close. Musicals, 17 musicals in 2019. The record is 30 from last year and uh, 29 from the year before that. So I must uh, must be some hidden musicals somewhere, hidden around. Mystery films. Not a lot of mysteries this year. Only got 24 logged. Last year was 44. Year before that was 38. The record is 60 from 2014. That's a lot. It's a lot of mysteries. I don't. I don't know. Don't know where they all. Don't know where they all came from. Romantic films. Romance films. The romance genre did okay this year with 43 films. The record is 67, set in 2010. And uh, last year it was 60. So, again, another genre that's a little down from last year. Sci-fi. 29 sci-fi films. The record is 60 set last year. There were 51 the year before that. Uh, A lot of, like, the drop-off between 2017 and the third highest, which is 2013, is quite substantial. 60, 51, and then 35. So, 30, or rather 29, is right in that range uh, after the top two. And I don't know. I guess it's it's probably short films in a conjunction with uh, some of the like awful direct-to-DVD, direct-to-streaming movies that I've seen in the last couple of years. Shorts. Definitely a lot of work to do here with short films. Uh, I've only seen 50... 40, no, I've only seen 34, and that makes... This year, 10th um, out of 10 film, uh, ten years of this decade. Every prior year in the 2010s has at least 55. Uh, I, I mess, I'm missing quite a few short films from the Oscar shortlists, and I've seen quite a few of them uh, in the last couple of days. Five, five, I think. Uh, so, you know, this number is theoretically at 39 uh, when you include film seen in 2020. But still a lot of work, a lot of work. I love short films and um, got to get that number up to in like the mid to high 60s, I would hope. Sport films. Last year is the record at 12. Sport films, one of the weakest genre categories, unfortunately. This year is eight, which is the third highest. They just don't make many sports films uh, anymore. 
and uh, I'm kind of okay with that. Thrillers. I've seen 73 thrillers, and 2018, I saw 114. This is absolutely a byproduct of all the direct-to-streaming films I saw last year. So many of them are just weak, weak thrillers, and no different. No different in 2019. A lot of the thrillers are not great. Here we have the only, the only genre of the year that I have no film seen in, westerns. No westerns seen from 2019. Last year there were four, the year before that there were four, the record is seven. Uh, it's definitely a huge blind spot in the films I've watched. Even when I'm watching older films, I generally don't look for westerns that often. I think a lot of them are just very much the same movie. I've been proven wrong many times by that uh, within that thought process, and I'm fine with that, but it does feel like a lot of them are very similar, and a lot of them have John Wayne, who I'm really not a fan of. I will absolutely have to find at least one Western to watch for this year uh, before looking past. If you have any suggestions on Westerns that came out in 2019 that I missed, uh, or, or maybe I just miscategorized, uh, please let me know, because I don't want to give any short shrift to a genre at the end of 2019. Disney films. These are strictly Disney animated films, and uh, I believe I included... I believe I included uh, The Lion King in this, this category. Let me see. Dun, dun, dun. I did. Okay, so including The Lion King as an animated Disney film, two. I've seen two. What are they? Don't know. They are The Lion King and Frozen 2. That's it. There might be others. I'm not sure. I don't think so. I think that's it. I think those are the big ones. Uh, they exclude Pixar films, only two. The record is nine from 1942, which is predominantly short films. This year, the only record, the only genre that holds the record uh, is 2019's Pixar category. Uh, six films, Pixar films, this year. This is strictly, well, I mean, I guess they're all animated Pixar films. But this is uh, the <laughs> uh, m the multiple Forky Asks a Question short films. I may There may be even more now. I only have five uh, logged here. Uh, and Toy Story 4. So... There's that. Short films do do count, and actually, I think there's even more that I'm missing because uh, that doesn't make sense. I know that there are other short films that qualified this year. Let me see, because um, let me see, wasn't there not minions and stuff, but um, like. Kitbull and stuff like that and, and Bernie and whatnot. I'll have to look at that. I'll have to look into that because I think there's there's more there that should be there. Always, always finding mistakes. So those are all the genres that I track. What about good films? Good films are any film that got a 60 or higher from me out of 100. Currently, 2019 has the 13th highest number of good films that I've seen at 77. 77 good films is a lot. 
a lot of people don't even watch 77 films in a year. So knowing that that many are at least out there, from my point of view, uh, is a pretty good number. However, last year, there were 150, almost double the number of good films I've seen. I could, you know, that would have to, how many would that be? That would be, I have 170 films to watch to catch up 2018. So 70 of those, a little less than half of the films remaining would have to be good ones to uh, to match what happened in 2018. In 2017, the current record for the number of good films, there's 165, uh, which is pretty strong, a pretty good number. Um, yeah, like I said, I don't feel like this is a very strong year overall. I think the average film this year is pretty weak. And a lot of it has to do with like all the sequels and the remakes and all this stuff. And, and, and so many of them I just did not care for and was not interested in. On the other hand, bad films, 172, uh, which is pretty high. It's the fourth highest number of bad films I've seen in a year. So this is any film that got a score under 50. Uh, so if you want to do the math, that's 249 total films that got a good or bad score, leaving everybody 52 films from 2019 that got a score between 50 and 59. Uh, so about one-sixth. One out of every six films this year is just is fairly average. Uh, 172, that's uh, shy of last year's record setting, 238. Huge number last year. And uh, 2017 did 216. I imagine my number will hit the 200s before I'm finished with my 2019 films, which currently gives the ratio of good to bad films for this year as a 0.45 last year that ratio was 0.63 the year before that it was 0.76 definitely trending downward but like i said there's a lot of stuff still to watch every other year there are a couple of years with a worse ratio than this in fact there are seven three of them are from before the 1900 before the year 1900 so we're going to remove those leaving four years including 1942 where I've seen 45 films and have a 0.43 good to bad film ratio. 1944, I've seen 48 films and have a 0.31 good to bad ratio. And then 1929, there's 11 films with a 0.38. And 1921, four films with a 0.33, so one to three. Uh, yeah, this many films to have this low of a good to bad film ratio, statistically, I, I, you know, I can't beat around the bush how you know, disappointing... I think the year was as a whole. A lot of films I was really excited for. Some of them worked, some of them didn't, uh, but didn't seem to happen a lot more often than did, unfortunately. So, yeah, it's uh, it's a shame, but it is it is what it is. Moving on, some good news: the Bechdel test. I try to keep track and keep up with the Bechtel test for all the films I watch. I can't, you know, I'm missing a lot of that data going backward. And, um, because I didn't start doing it for the whole time. So there's about 2,000 films from before that don't have a Bechtel rating. That's wrong. Um, that's not true at all. Some number of films do not have a Bechtel rating. I will endeavor to determine how many of them 
in just a moment as my spreadsheet scrolls down slowly but surely. Um, taking a little longer than I was anticipating. And uh, we're not we're trying to not have any dead air on the podcast, so I will continue to just kind of, you know, okay. 7,781 films have a Bechdel test rating out of 8,336. So that's 600 films. That's a fairly small number that don't have a Bechdel test rating. This year, a three. So two named female characters who have a conversation with each other about something that is not a man. 45.85%. This is not the, you know, end-all be-all of, you know, feminist films and equality in film. You can have a film without passing the Bechdel test that is absolutely feminist in, in many ways, shapes, and forms. You can have a film that does pass the Bechdel test and is not feminist in any ways, shapes, or forms. But as a barometer for female actors and getting and them being able to interact with other female actors, it's a fair, fair metric. Uh, last year is the highest at 50.43%. Uh, but... 45.85 at number two is fairly good. Uh, that's the number of test, uh, films that got a three. Number of films that got a two is 10.3%. Number of films that got a one. Uh, so a two being two female characters that talk to each other, but it's only about men. 10.3%. A one on the Bechdel test, which translates to two female characters, but they do not talk to each other. Uh, 27 But perhaps the best statistic to look at for this is the zero score. So a zero on the Bechdel test means you did not have two named female characters in your movie. Again, there are films without two named female characters that are perfectly feminist in many ways. There are films that have, you know, a dozen female characters with names that are not. But as far as, um, you know job security as far as getting roles and as far as being in movies and and trying to you know keep up with their male counterparts the lower this number the better you know films should be more balanced and we've seen you know you look in the past and i can even look at it myself with what i've seen at least and 10 years ago in 2009 Hardy har. Uh, in the start of the decade, 2010, 22.77% of the films I saw had a zero on the Bechdel test. Uh, every year from that point on until 2017 was at least at 22.5% or higher, uh, maxing out in 2011 with 26.9% of films that did not even have two named female characters. Uh, and if you go back in time, you know, and again, some of these years in the, you know, in the 70s, 80s, 60s, I've seen, you know, only 30 to 50 films for, but you've got numbers in the 30s, in the 40%. And if you go back to the 40s and 50s, it's 50%, 60%. It's very, very high. Last year, for the first time since 2009, the statistics dipped under 20%. So 18.72% of films from last year got a zero on the Bechdel test, which is great. Uh, great, great all around. This year, uh, that number has dipped to 14.62%, which is 
fantastic in my opinion uh makes me very happy and uh hopefully makes other people very happy um that number continuing to trend down hopefully uh is is wonderful and i'm i'm fully in support of it so moving on from the bechtel test we have the mpaa ratings for this year nine films got a g rating that i saw that is one behind the record set in 2010 of 10 films yeah i say set in 2010 but you know naturally that could change any given movie i watch pg films also second runner-up in 2019 with 38 films rated pg last year i saw 40 so fairly close pg-13 films i've only seen 67 uh the record last year is 95 there's a pretty hefty gap but again it's a lot of stuff like um that i haven't seen you know there's 170 extra movies in 2018 that i've seen so it makes sense that there would be that much of a gap and r-rated films i've seen 126 r-rated films from 2019 the record is 177 set last year but where where is the biggest gap uh the biggest gap is in not rated films so any film when i'm on imdb that doesn't show a g a pg a pg-13 or an r gets an nr for not rated by the mpaa this year that has only happened 53 times last year it happened 150 times and the year before that 171 an enormous disparity in not rated films this is predominantly short films um, foreign language films documentaries and straight to streaming films a lot of which i still have yet to see this year uh, as i've already kind of gone through there's also the unrated films uh, which are very tough to come by you have to specifically seek those out a lot of the time and uh, they don't generally show up on imdb that often this year there's only two let's see if i can track those down really quick um start this way my unrated films are the day shall come and greener grass so unrated cool fun 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 times in statistics land cool that's pretty much it for the yearly statistics um actually a couple more couple more stats here we go uh after at the end of this year i am up to 692 full 24-hour days of having watched films uh so to give you an idea 692 days would be 16,608 hours, which would be 996,480 minutes watching film. Uh, that tracks every runtime. That generally excludes credits, unless there's end credits sequences. Uh, that's a lot. It's a lot. Or you can even go a step further and say it's 59,788,800 seconds of watching film, which is quite a number quite quite a number compare that to this year itself so let me let me go back to hours here so 692 days 16,000 hours total 16,608 hours according to letterboxd i watched movies for 1,751 hours in the year of 2019 so that would be approximately 
10.5% of all the movie watching I've done was in this year. 10%. Uh, last year, 2,268 hours. Year before that, seven, 1,788 hours, fairly comparable. And 2016, 1,379 hours. So let's do a little more math because I love doing math. Um, and I know it's such wonderful, it's very wonderful to listen to math. In the last four years, 2016 to 2019, according to Letterboxd, I have spent 7,187.6 hours watching film. Some capacity, right? Some of these are rewatches, some of these are new, short films, long films, whatever. Compare that now to the total amount of time that I've projected I've spent watching films on my spreadsheet. I assume that this number is low because, you know, I didn't start the spreadsheet till 2010. I was 19 at the time. So, you know, margin of error. But that's, you know, total hours, 1,608-ish. Um, that's 43.3%. So by the end of 2020, at this pace, half of the films I have seen, whether first watches or rewatches, in terms of length, will have been seen from 2016 to 2020. So over five years, uh, and by the end of 2020, I'll be 29, so five, over, that, over the five-year period of 2016 to 2020, I will have watched half of all the films, statistically speaking, that I have seen in my entire life. Again, I think that's probably high, given that I probably saw tons more movies than I can remember when I was younger. But that's a pretty, pretty insane number. And... I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of that. I love that. I wish... The, the worst part of that to me is that I spent so much time when I was younger not watching movies. Uh, if you can believe that. Um, but I think that's really fascinating. I think that's really interesting. And I think it's uh, exciting to me to be able to get that close to, to some such an insane sort of milestone. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. And uh, we'll see. We'll see. You know, lots, lots left to see. Like, I, I, you know, I always say, like, I have so many movies I can watch. So many, all the time. Uh, I, I'll never run out. You can't possibly run out. There are just too many movies that exist, and there are more coming out every single day, which is phenomenal, personally. It's phenomenal. Um, here we go. Some other stats, according to my spreadsheet. Strictly looking at 2019 films. The average length of each film I saw this year was 91.66 minutes, so a little over an hour and a half on average. Um, the total number of films I watched, so according to Letterboxd, I logged 1,273 films. Some films do not show up on Letterboxd. I currently have, or rather, or rather, that's based on the entire year, including films that didn't come out this year, 312 so 301 unique films that I saw in 2019. 11 of those watches were rewatches. So I watched Parasite three times. I saw Toy Story 4 twice. Uh, I saw Captain Marvel four times. I saw Endgame four times. Uh, three, six, seven, eight. I saw Frozen 2 twice. Three, 
six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I think there's one other thing I watched twice, and I'm not sure what it is. Forky, one of the Forky films I watched twice. Uh, what do all those things have in common? Well, with the exception of Parasite, they're all Disney films. Um, I don't know. Uh, like, I'm 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 against the Disney monopoly as much as anybody, but I'm probably not as much as anybody, but fairly significantly. And I I just you can't escape it. You know, my top movies of the year aren't necessarily Disney films, but I can't, you know, you can't get away from them. You can't avoid them, no matter how hard you try. They're always there. They're the biggest movies. They're, you know, everybody's talking about them. Your kids want to watch them. You want to watch them. Disney. Disney. So, it's tough. It's tough to... Tough to avoid, really. Um... Looking at films that I've seen in 2019, so this includes every year that I watched from a film in 2019, um, total runtime, 100,000 minutes, average length of a film that I saw this year, 78.67 minutes. So that number drops drastically when you include a lot of the older films. I'm specifically looking at like 40 different films almost 50 different films from like the 1800s that are less than a minute long uh, that drives the average down quite substantially um, the average release year of a film that I saw in 2019 is 1997 it's a little high for me well it's tough you know every year that average you have to watch more older movies to drag that average down because, you know, 32019 films keeps the average up very high. And if you watch 32020 films, it's even that much harder. You know, that's another, you know, 300 points of, you know, of year that you have to negate by going older. Uh, I'm glad I, my, my goal generally is to keep that number under 2000. And I did it. I did it this year. I always like to keep the number under 2000. Uh, as much as I can. Um, so, oh, average rating for every film that I saw in 2019, 45.74. So that's slightly higher than the year of 2019 itself, uh, which was 43-ish. Yeah, about two and a half points higher than um, films released in 2019. Which is great, you know. I, I think you know you go older and you get a lot of more. There's a lot more variety. It's a lot easier to go older uh, in in films and find stuff that you missed. That's really great, and you're kind of beholden to a little more. You're you're kind of beholden a little more when you're watching films released this year as to what you can watch and how good those things are going to be. So, you know, a lot of good stuff. A lot of good stuff. Let's move on to Letterboxd. So, little little Letterboxd recap, 2019, 1,273 diary entries, 983 reviews. I made three lists. I liked 480 things. I had 51 comments, and I spent 1,751 hours watching film. Uh, yes. I don't currently have a top 20 for 2019 yet. I generally wait until I've released my 20 my Circle of Film Award episode for that year to do that, just so it doesn't give anything away. But my highest rated films, 
uh, from this year include, excluding rewatches, include Portrait of a Lady on Fire, Little Women, Parasite, Marriage Story, Waves, uh, The Farewell. That's it. <laughs> Those are the only ones that show up in my top 20 of what I watched. Some of the rewatches uh, that were really highly rated, Nightmare Before Christmas, Toy Story 1, 2, and 3, Rango, uh, Incendies, Star Wars, A New Hope, Star Wars Empire Strikes Back, Moana, Zootopia. Lots of great stuff. Films by the week. So the biggest week of film for me was the 10th week of the year, March 5th through 11th, where I watched 54 films. That's how many I logged. Lowest week of the year, two, two weeks where I logged three films. Uh, week 18, April 30th to May 6th. Um, I don't remember what was happening then. I think I was running this one of my, my first Survivor game at that point. And the other one is the last week of the year, which only encompasses New Year's Eve, where I watched three films. So not exactly... Um, Hmm. Not not exactly representative of the worst week of the year in that sense. Uh, so 1,273 films watched, an average of 106.1 films per month or 24.5 films per week. So a little about three and a half per day, which is kind of low, all things considered. Uh, last year it was 33.6 per week. Um, this is about on par with 2017 and a bit ahead of 2016. So step down from last year, unfortunately for me. Because, you know, I like to keep things up. From a daily standpoint, I watched 197 films on Mondays, 199 on Tuesdays, 224 on Wednesdays, 198 on Thursdays, 153 on Fridays, 147 on Saturdays, and 155 on Sundays. The weekend drops off. Uh, by about 40 films on average uh, relative to the weekdays, which is probably the inverse of most people. Uh, I don't work. I don't have a job at the moment. I didn't all of this past year, but uh, my partner does. And so I watch more movies when they are at work. That is generally why the weekends are weaker. Milestones. The first film that I watched of the year was Iron Man. Iron Man. That was in the part of, in the middle of uh, the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe rewatch that we did. Still, still waiting to to record our re our, our recap of that entire franchise. At some point, it will happen. I know it will. We've done. It's it's going to happen. It'll it'll just. I hope. We'll see. Most watched films, Endgame and Captain Marvel, I watched those four times each, Parasite three times, Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle twice, and Frozen 2 twice, those are the ones that are listed here, and the last film of the year was Portrait of a Lady on Fire, which is great. Um, draw, uh, genres were already done, countries, countries that the film was made in, 829 films from the U.S., 160 from the U.K., 97 in France, 58 in Canada, 43 in Japan, 36 in Germany, 25 in Australia, 24 in China, 21 in Italy, and 16 in Spain. I say this every year, but I really wish I would watch more films from foreign countries. They're just, um, I don't know, I just I do not have as much of the drive to watch a film in a foreign language as I wish I did. And rather... I have the desire to do it, but again, I do, the drive is somewhat lacking. 
English-speaking films, 1,122. French, 142. Spanish, 67. Japanese, 59. No spoken language, 56. 42 German, 33 Italian, 31 Russian, 21 Chinese, and 18 Arabic. 23.3% of the films that I watched in 2019 were released in 2019. 76.7% of them were older, so about a fourth, a little less than a fourth. 7% of the films, 89 approximately, were rewatches. 93% were all new, or 1,184 films. 21% I did not review. Generally, if I don't review the, review the film, it is a short film, or I have become very backlogged in logging my films on Letterboxd. And, uh, you know, it happens from time to time. 998 films were reviewed. Rating spread. Here's the fun one. So I mentioned, you know, average rating 42 across the board, 45, 42 from this year, 45-ish uh, for all of 2019's films that I saw. But when you translate those into star ratings, things change a little bit. Uh, so to give a slight recap, generally speaking, star ratings line up with um, every with the tens place. Five stars, ten out of, uh, you know, ten. Four and a half stars, nine. Four stars, eight. Is that three and a half stars? Seven for me. Uh, this means that only films that I gave 100 to get a five-star rating which does not happen very often. It is only it, uh, Currently, only six films have that score, and none of them are from 2019. But I did rewatch a couple of them. So there were two five-star films that I watched this year. There were 21 four-and-a-half-star films, 50 four-star films, 119 three-and-a-half-star films, 192 three-star films, all good movies across the board, a lot of good stuff that I watched. So everything so far has been 60 or above. In the 50 to 59 range, I saw 219 films. That's two and a half stars. 183 films were two stars. 173 films were one and a half stars. 128 films were one star. But rather than go down, so if you look at the graph that they give you, if, with the, if you remove the half star rating, it's kind of a curve. You know, it's a little bit of a bell curve. Half star films, 186, which is... 60 films higher than the one-star films. The only the main reason for this is because half-star films encompass anything rated from 0 to 19 uh, rather than uh, just a 10-point spread. And that's, I mean, that's it. That's the only reason, really. Now, you know, if I wanted to kind of level this all out, you shift everything up a, ha a half-star, uh, Five-star films are like 90 to 100, then 80 to 89, 70 to 79, 60, 50, 40, 30, 20, 10 to 19, and then 0 to 9. Uh, but I like it this way. I like it this way more. Most watched stars. And this is something I wish I could use my spreadsheet for, but I can't. Mel Blanc, 66 films. Not even close. It wasn't. It's never going to be close again. I think Mel Blanc's going to win every year for the rest of my life. <laughs> That's not true, but maybe. Samuel L. Jackson, 16 films. Jeff Bennett, 15. Chris Evans, 13. Tyler Perry, 13. I watched all the Medea films this year. Uh, Patrick Stewart, Robert Downey Jr., Jess Harnell, and Kuichi Uida, 12 films. 
Anthony Daniels, Gwyneth Paltrow, Sebastian Stan, Danny Mann, Eleven Films, Scarlett Johansson, Tara Strong, E.E. E. Clive, Anthony Mackie, Jonah Hill, Zoe Saldana, and Chris Hemsworth, all with ten films. It was good. A lot of, lot of good stuff. I'm glad to see a lot of handful of women in this top 20. Uh, again, I've talked about this too, but I don't think Letterboxd includes some people in this list, and I know that some people would be on here if it did. Directors. Most watched. Chuck Jones with 35. Frizz Freling with 18. Georges Melier with 13. Tyler Perry with 10. Robert W. Paul with 9. Bob Clampett. Robert Gibbs. William K. L. Dixon. Robert McKimson all with 6. Hal Roach. James B. Hogan with 5. Clint Eastwood. Takao Okawara. J.J. Abrams. Louis Lumiere. Ishiro Honda. Joe Rousseau. Anthony Russo. Charlie Chaplin. And Tim Burton all with 4. Again, great. Uh, no women on that list, though. Uh, I think Celine Sciamma, Sciamma came close. I think she had three that I watched this year. But I, everyone else, I'm not. I, anyone else, I don't remember. Most liked review of the year is my review for Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. Again, it's the longest one I wrote. It has 19 likes. And I uh, gave it one star. Most liked list was my scavenger hunt from April, uh, where I did April Association. Uh, 174 likes uh, was amazing. I, I could not believe the reception and response. I, I went back and looked at previous months' scavenger hunts. It was one of the most liked lists of all time, and at least of, of that nature. And I was really pleased. And it was an idea that I'd had I'd had for quite some time. And uh, I'm glad it worked. I'm glad it worked out so well. It, I had a lot of fun making the list and looking through other people's lists. And um, it's great. Highest average rated film that I saw this year is Parasite with an average of 4.6. Lowest average rated film is The Haunting of Sharon Tate, which has a 1.1, which is incredible. Most popular film is Infinity War, actually, with a star rating of 4.0. And the most obscure is Night Parade from 2010, which I gave it two and a half stars. It has six people who have seen it. And I'm one of those six. One of those six. It's pretty fun. Pretty nice. Then all the films that I watched, uh, the world map, and highly rated films I missed. So here are the films from 2019 that I had not seen as of the end of the year. Fleabag. National, Li- National Theater Live Fleabag. BTS World Tour Love Yourself and Soul. Bakurao. Homecoming, a film by Beyonce. Bring the Soul, the movie. 1917, which I'm very excited to see hopefully next weekend. Invisible Life. And John Denver Trending. Invisible Life, directed by Kareem Ainuz, uh, is a Brazilian film. Brazilian-German film, question mark, uh, that I hope to watch at some point. It's on my list. And John Denver Trending. Um... I'm just now learning about, and I've added it to my watch list, so I will get to that when I can, hopefully. So, uh, all that said, that's kind of it, though, man. Like, I am very excited for 2020. Now, the interesting thing, I'm look. Let me let me look ahead. Let's look ahead to 2020 and see what's on the horizon, because. It's not as big a year as, as this year. There's no Endgame. There's no Star Wars. 
it's 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 a very different time. You've got Dune. So this is sorted by most popularity by film popularity on Letterboxd. Here, are, these are the, these are some of the top films coming out in 2020 that everybody's excited for. Dune, Wonder Woman 1984, Tenet, The New Mutants, Black Widow, Mulan, No Time to Die, the new James Bond film, Birds of Prey, and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn, The French Dispatch, The King's Man. I'm thinking of ending things. Last night in Soho, Eternals, uh, The Woman in the Window, Godzilla vs. Kong, A Quiet Place 2, Onward, Soul, Sonic the Hedgehog, Bad Boys for Life, Top Gun Maverick, Ghostbusters Afterlife, Bill and Ted Face the Music, etc. A lot of new films coming out um, in 2020. I'm looking forward to a handful of these. I'm really excited for Mulan. I'm excited for Tenet, Wonder Woman, Dune, Eternals, Black Widow, uh, Birds of Prey for the most part uh, but I'm I, I think I, I kind of end up doing this in the, at the every year but I'm most excited for the films that I don't know are coming right I'm most excited for the films that I am going to be surprised by films that are going to catch me off guard and, and take me to a, a place I'm not prepared to go and uh, I hope that there are a bunch of those this year. I think those were few and further, fewer and further between uh, in 2019 than I'm happy with. And I hope 2020 kind of lifts lifts things up and picks up a little bit more, uh, a little bit better. Uh, 2021, I think, will be a much bigger year at the box office than 2020. You got you've got a Batman film, Avatar. Doctor Strange, Suicide Squad, the thir- the next Thor movie, Jer- John Wick, uh, supposedly another Indiana Jones, Wicked, Shang-Chi, another Fantastic Beasts, another Jurassic World, Cruella, another Mission Impossible, another Space Jam, another Matrix. Uh, you know, there's just so many things supposedly coming next year. Pinocchio, Spider-Man 3 movie, um... Possibly Hotel Transylvania 4, Boss Baby 2, Fast and Furious 10. But that seems so soon. Uh, But that said, uh, you know, a lot of this could definitely move uh, before we get there. Lots of time to pass between now and 2021. Lots of uh, uh, IP to be bought up by Disney and for their schedules to change. We will see how that works. But that's kind of it. That's pretty much where we've where I've landed in 2019 and the statistics therein. I hope that it, I don't know. Hope it was interesting. Hope it was cool, fun, or something to hear. Uh, looking at 2020 already, I have seen. Uh, I am in the process of watching my 14th film of the year. Uh, so one more, and I will be averaging five a day. That is kind of my goal, five a day, uh, which is probably going to need to be supplemented with short films to achieve. As you can see, I had a very difficult time doing it the last couple of years, and even the best year of the last few, I only managed four and a half-ish. So a lot of work to do, lots of work to do. Thank you for listening. 
to today's episode. It does mean a lot. If you'd like to find more episodes of the show, you can find them on iTunes, Stitcher, places where podcasts can be found. You can also find all of the episodes on the website, circleoffilm.com, uh, and much more over the website as well. You can find me on Twitter at Circle of Film, on Letterboxd at Circle of Film, or send an email, circleoffilm at gmail.com, about anything or everything, top 10 movies of the, of the year, top 10 anticipated movies of 2020. I'd love to see them. If you'd like to support the show, like it, rate it, review it, subscribe to it, uh, listen, that's it. Listen. That's the best thing you can do. Uh, but if you are so inclined, you can become a patron at patreon.com slash circle of film, where for as little as eight cents an episode, you uh, will get early access to everything uh, that comes out early, uh, which, you know, when I was on vacation was a lot of stuff. So give it a look if you think that's something you might be interested in. Thank you for listening. And as always, have a week. So long, farewell, I'll be the same I know she'll never leave me Even as she fades from view So long, farewell, I'll be to say adieu Nothing's really left or lost without a trace Nothing's gone forever only